Low and ominous as distant thunder, the deep sound throbbed across the jungle moon. Through the green gloom of dense fern forest, into which the pale sunlight hardly penetrated, it pulsed like a whisper of menace. That quivering pulsation reached a big raw clearing, recently hacked from the dense jungle. Here was a compact encampment, with light metal huts, set up near the torpedo-like hulls of two small spaceships. The score of men moving about the camp stopped and listened intently, as that throbbing whisper reached them. "'The dang Titanians have their talking trees going again, Joan,' drawled an old gray-haired earthman with the grizzled face of a veteran. His faded blue eyes narrowed. "'They're getting more and more upset.' The girl whom he addressed, a dark pretty earth girl, slim in brown jacket and slacks, listened alertly. She looked at the surrounding jungle. "'I suppose they're still watching us, even though you can never quite see them.' she murmured. This incident was taking place on Titania, wild moon of the planet Uranus. The flood of interplanetary trade and travel seldom touched this small world. Little of it had ever been explored. It remained an unfathomed wilderness inhabited only by the primitive human moon tribes, called the Titanians. An observer might have wondered why this expedition had come to the moon— the men of it did not look like either traders, prospectors, or space pirates. The observer's perplexity would have increased when he recognized one of those two small parked spaceships as the Comet, the famous ship of the future men. The reason for this expedition lay in the jungle just west of the encampment. Huge crumbling stone walls and columns, carved with fantastic hieroglyphs, protruded from the ground beneath the great ferns there. It was those massive age-old ruins of a perished civilization which had brought this archaeological and scientific expedition to wild Titania. Dr. Philip Winters, biologist of the expedition, and Cole Norton, its chief physicist, came across the camp to Ezra Gurney and Joan Randall. "'I've never heard those natives make such a clamor,' declared the elderly biologist in worried tones. "'Do you suppose it means trouble?' Winters was a thin, bald little man, with a pinched, spectacled face and a great dome of forehead. He looked definitely alarmed. Cole Norton, the physicist, scoffed at his suggestion. Norton was a big, blond young man, with keen blue eyes and an intelligent, forceful face that had a touch of hardness in it. "'I shouldn't worry about the Titanians,' he told Winters. "'They'll make a lot of racket and keep spying on us, but that's all.' "'It might not be all,' drawled old Ezra Gurney dryly. "'Them Titanians are plenty superstitious about these ruins. "'They call them the sacred stones, "'and they don't like our poking around them one little bit.' "'Norton shrugged. "'Captain Future and his aides don't seem uneasy about it.' "'How do the Titanians make those outlandish throbbing sounds?' "'Winters asked querulously of Ezra. "'It's their talking trees.' explained the old planet patrol veteran. They take big fern trees, trim them to upright trunks, hollow them out inside, and use them like big organ pipes by forcing air up through them. All the tribes here on Titania talk to each other that way, and— Ezra's explanation was interrupted at this point by a weird new sound that came from the jungle west of the camp. It was a shout, a booming cry that could have come from no human throat. That's Greg yelling, exclaimed Ezra. "'Something's happened to the future men.'